what I want to do is is tell you about something first that's that's a little uh, it's a little different. I wasn't sure I wanted to actually uh, talk about this today, or I wasn't sure if I wanted to address this to the whole church, or if I wanted to kind of keep this to myself for a little bit and, and to a few close members of the team. But I really, really felt like the Lord was telling me to uh, to talk about this with you guys. And so I want to tell you a little bit of a story about something that has been on my heart for about the last week, starting on Monday. But the story really goes back all the way to 2017. So if you know the story of Radical Church, uh, you know that in 2017, I was in Oklahoma with my wife, Lindsay, and I'm from this area, but uh, we had moved up there and I'd been there for about a year at that time at a great church. And I got the word spoken in my heart, Radical. And the Lord basically told me that that was the word uh, that was gonna be the, the name of our future church. And it was confirmed by another lady who I'd never even told that to before. And she grabbed my hand out of the air one time at a prayer meeting and said, your word is radical. She starts praying this word over me. I was like, how did you know that? And she was like, I just felt like the Lord told me. And so that's how I knew that we were supposed to start Radical Church. And we stayed there for a while. And and a lot of what people don't know about that story, there's a piece of it that I always leave out when I tell the story. And the reason is, is because uh, it's a little bit more personal to me, but I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I know that I want to do this. I know that I want to go down and plant Radical Church. I know that I want it to be in Kyle, Texas, where, where I would kind of consider my hometown. And, but Lindsay, she's a huge family person, and she loves her family. They're in Fort Worth, and we were kind of trying to decide where is God leading us, where is he calling us to start this church. I knew it was here. Uh, she didn't know it was here yet, right? The first time I told her in 2017, I was like, babe, I think God's calling us to start a church. The name of it's going to be Radical Church. She was like, mm, let's talk about that, Okay. <laughs> She was not 100% on board at first, understandably so, because this is a huge endeavor that we've, uh, that we've gone on, a huge leap of faith. And so I prayed to the Lord. I said, God, I, I'm not going to drag my wife to do something that she doesn't want to do. So Lord, you're going to have to give her a word. And I'm not leaving until you tell Lindsay that, that we're supposed to do this. So about a year and a half went by. We never really talked about it. And, and we kind of had a couple conversations, but then it was about two years later, two to two and a half years later where Lindsay grabbed me after church and she said, hey, Trevor, um, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay, like, what did I do wrong? You know, it's like the first thing any guy thinks, I did something, what did I do, babe? You know, and she says, no, 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 I, I had a, a vision in church and during worship. And if you know Lindsay, all right, that's not usually her department. Uh, my department is all the like crazy, weird spiritual stuff. I'm in the vision department and the signs and wonders department, all right? And, and Lindsay is in the Holy Spirit set you straight department, okay? So, um, so when she says something like that, you know it's time to listen up, okay? And it's definitely not something she would normally do. She said, I felt like I was flying over the city of Kyle, over by where the Burger King and the Home Depot is, and just kind of flying over some land there. And the Lord spoke to me and, she's, and he said, this is your home and it's time to get ready to go home. And Lindsay loves family. She loves home. And that means a lot to her. She's the one that decorates the house, you know, and gets it all perfect and everything. And if it does, if it's not decorated, it's not home yet, right? That's her. I could have a barren office. My office at the house is just blank walls. You get on Zoom with me, ain't no background except the white wall, okay? It doesn't matter to me. But for her, that is a really big deal. And so that was a big, big deal for us. So the next morning, Monday morning, I said, hey, let's go and tell Pastor Kevin, let's, let's tell him what's going on. And then he confirmed, he said, you know what? I believe that's true as well. Let's go ahead and get ready to go home. And so we were, uh, six months later, we ended up here in Kyle 
And we had moved in with my parents, and there was miracle after miracle that even got us here. We didn't really have uh, anything when we got here. We just had a a vision. We had a a hope. We had a word in our hearts for Kyle, Texas to be saved and to find Jesus. And so then recently, on, on Monday, I had a meeting with some friends, okay? And I basically was like, hey, I'm gonna hang out with them. There's some realtor friends of mine. We're so far off from buying property as a church. Okay. Like we're, we're here at the school. We set up and tear down every single week. And we're thinking like, okay, I just want to hang out with them. They invited me because they're like, have you thought about this? Like, you know, it would just be something you maybe should think about for the future. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll have coffee with you. I'll meet with you fine. And so I meet with them and I start telling them this story of, of Lindsay and, and the vision she had and all this stuff. And, and then I tell them the next part of that story, which was so interesting is that that area over by the Burger King and the Home Depot, there is a property over there that my mom has said since 2018. Uh, so about a year after I had that vision or the word radical, she started seeing this property that just went on the market. And she said, that's where your church should be. That'd be crazy. Like, this is a great spot, you know? And I was like, mom, that's a long way, that's a long way off, all right? That's a lot of money. We ain't got that kind of money. We, we're not even starting the church for who knows how long. I didn't even know at that point. It's going to be a long time from now. Ain't no way we can afford that, okay? And so I told Lindsay that one day. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, it's in the same area that you had that vision. You were flying over that exact spot, like where that, where that property's at. Never thought anything else of it. So now, fast forward to last Monday, and I'm having this meeting with my friends, and then a pastor from Austin texts me, and he says, hey, uh, you know, Pastor Trevor, I know it's been a little bit while, but do you have any need for chairs? Because our church just merged with another church and we're selling about 200 chairs. And I don't know if you guys needed chairs or not. And I'm not going to lie. My initial reaction should have been, well, no, we have chairs here at the school. We don't need them. My initial reaction was actually though, like, yes, we do need chairs. We're going to need chairs. And I wanted to text him back and just be like, we'll take him right then and there. You know what I mean? But like just kind of in a faith, in a faith move or whatever. But I thought that was interesting. It's like, I haven't talked to this guy in forever and I'm meeting about property and real estate and stuff like that. And he's asking me, do I need chairs? And I just felt the Lord on me a little bit. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird. So then I started telling my friends about this whole story about radical and the vision that Lindsay had. And then, you know, my mom had been praying over this for years and she still is praying over this place all the daggum time. I'm like, mom, will you stop praying over the property? Okay. It's like, it's a long way away. And she's like, no, like I'm believing this is it. I'm like, all right, mama, you do whatever you want. And, um, so I, as I'm telling them this story, I felt the Lord tell me to go, to go there. And I'd never really done this before, but I went up there and I parked my car right in front of the gate and there's a, there's a house on the property and then like a large warehouse. And I pulled up to the gate and I looked in front of me. And the first thing I saw was this large pile of rocks. And the Lord immediately spoke to me and said, this is an altar. Watch what I'll do. And I don't know if you know the Old Testament, you know what an altar is. But an altar is what they would construct when God did something amazing. When God did a miracle in the lives of, of the Israelites, when God did a miracle any point in time, they would construct an altar. You see it many, many times. And what was an altar back in the day? Usually it was just a large pile of rocks that they would put together to remind themselves of what God had done at that place at that time. And they would go back to that and remind themselves, hey, this is what God did here. Remember that? That was amazing. That was amazing. And so God spoke that to me and I knew immediately what an altar is. And so I was like, Lord, like, what are you saying here? And so then I felt the Lord tell me to get out of the car and I, I get out of the car. Sure. And he says, start walking. I'm like, All right. So I start walking and, uh, I, I walk around kind of the side of the property. And then I started thinking, I was like, Lord, 
am I doing Jericho right now? <laughs> am I about to walk around the walls seven times? And I felt like the Lord was just like, yeah, that's what we're doing here. So, all right, Lord, fine. All right. So I'm just looking like an idiot walking up down the street because it's right off the street too. And there's cars driving by. I'm literally in a lane walking. I'm just like, please don't hit me. I'm walking this way. I'm like, don't hit me. Don't hit me. And I'm walking around and then I get to the side and I realize there's like a ton of grass and there's like, there's probably snakes back there. Lord, I'm gonna go about three quarters of the way if that's fine with you, Jesus. Okay. So I, I was like, I ain't trying to get bit by a snake. Lord, I love you. But you know, that grass is real tall. Anyway, so I went about three quarters of the way around seven times. And then on the seventh time, I did the most uh, spiritual, you know, uh, I am legend kind of, you know, like, ah, or whatever. That's not I am legend, like 300 scream, whatever. And I was just like, Jesus, you know, and then I got back in my car and went home. I mean, like, what was I, fire coming or like, I mean, electricity, anything like somebody going to drive up and be like, here it is. Like, it's yours. You know, like price is right kind of stuff. I don't know. I just did what the Lord told me to do, okay? I was just doing what he was telling me to do. And uh, so, uh, sorry, I get, if it get, I get a little emotional, and I'm, this is not how I normally talk, okay? So just bear with me, all right? But uh, so I debated on telling you guys this, but, but, you know, as of right now, I want to be as transparent as possible uh, and, and let you know kind of where we're at as a church and what we're doing and why we're doing it and all that stuff. I don't ever want you to be out of the loop on what's going on in the life of the church. And so... Uh, the property, the property is expensive. It's right off of I-35. It's, it's expensive. I know it is. Um, but it's something that has been on my mom's heart for three years and she's prophetic and she don't know it yet. So I try to tell her, I was like, mom, you got to work on that gift, you know? And she's like, I just, you know, say things and it happens. And I'm like, that's prophecy. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but as of right now, as a church, we're doing really, really well financially. I want you to know, cause I know a lot of financially minded people, they like to know this kind of stuff. But right now we got about a hundred thousand in the bank, which is great. God has blessed us really, really well for yeah, it's great. Give it up. For being six months old as a church, we just launched six months ago, if you didn't know that. We're only six months into this thing, and, and to have that amount of, of cash in the bank is really good, and we have a lot of equipment and equity and all this stuff, which is great. But not nearly enough for this property on I-35, okay? It's just not nearly enough. And we've been faithful with what we've been given, but we, we definitely don't have enough, and it would require a miracle. But how many of you know that Many, many times, God requires big, big faith, right? You can have small faith, and you will get, what? Small results. But if you have a radical faith, you will get God results, amen? You get some God results when you step out in faith and you say something like, you know what, Jesus, I know this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to believe for a miracle here, God. I believe that you can do what you say that you would do. I will stand on promises all day long. And if you tell me to do something, you tell me to walk out on the water, God, I'm going to do it. You tell me to call fire down from heaven like Elijah on the mountain, I'm going to call that fire down from heaven, okay? And I'm not some name it and claim it kind of guy. Like, that's not me, okay? Like, I just want to do the Lord's will, right? That's what I want. But when I feel like God's telling me to do something, when I feel like he's showing me something, I'm going to you know, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to see what's there. Okay. And so there's, there's radical faith that brings God results. And I see these, these examples all throughout scripture, dry bones coming to life. You see Elijah, you see Peter, you know, people walking out on water and Jesus calling Lazarus out from the tomb, right? That's radical faith. That's not a small faith. What if you got to the edge of the tomb and you were like, well, if it is your will, Lord, Lazarus come out. No, that's not radical faith. All right. And I understand that we always want to do the Lord's will, okay? And that's a good thing. But I think sometimes the Lord calls us to have just a radical, insane, 
doesn't make sense kind of a faith for things. So I want to encourage you, what is that in your life? What is that in your life? Is God calling you to have a radical faith for something? Is he calling you to step out in faith for something huge that maybe is impossible by man's standards, right? It's impossible. There's no way this could happen. Well, in our weakness, he is strong, right? Where we fail, he doesn't. Where we can't make a way, he can make a way. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker, the promise keeper. Come on, you already say the light in the darkness. Come on. That is who he is. And that is the God that we serve. Amen. That's the God that we serve. So every part of this church so far has been a miracle. I could tell you time and time again of all the crazy things that have happened in the life of this church. That's just been like, it's, it's insane. We're renting this place for about a third of what we should be. Because when I met with the principal, we both just cried because she said, I've been praying for a church to come in that would love our teachers and love our kids so much. They're not paying for this. They're not paying for this. I don't want you to pay for this. You guys are going to pay the bare minimum because we want you to be here because we believe in what God is doing here. That is a miracle, people. That's a miracle. And that's why, that's why I feel like God has, every part of this church has been a miracle. And I don't feel like he's going to stop now. Why would he do that? Why would he stop halfway through? He wouldn't. Why would he stop when it seems too big, right? Oh, getting the school for a good price. Oh, that's cool. Getting the word radical. That's cool. Getting property that's way too expensive. Oh, no, no, no. It's impossible. Jesus called Lazarus out. He raised himself from the dead. And we think that Jesus can't do a big thing, right? It just doesn't make any sense. And so what I want to say to you right now is every time that you have radical faith, to do above what you think that God can do, to have that radical faith where you say, you know what, God, I believe that you're going to do something incredible, impossible in my life. And and that's for you. That's for your family and for our church. Every time that you do that, you are a part of the miracle. You're a part of the miracle of this church. When you show up to church on Sunday morning, man, you're a part of the miracle. You're a part of the word that God gave me back in 2017. And I just want to say thank you for being a part of that. Anytime that you give, to to Radical Church. You're not giving to us, you're giving through us, man, because God is multiplying. God is not in the business of addition. God is in the business of multiplication, amen? You might have have an investment, okay, in stocks or bonds or whatever you have an investment in, but when you invest in the kingdom of God, man, that is multiplication, exponential growth and improvement because God can do more with a little than you can do with a lot, amen? And so I'm just believing, I, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with this thing, okay? I don't know why God spoke to me so clearly about this place or this moment in time. I don't know what it is. But and no matter, honestly, no matter what happens with the property, because we definitely can't afford it. We would need a miracle for it to even happen. Like something crazy would have to happen. And that's okay. I understand that. I don't know why he did that. I don't know why he brought me to that altar. But I can confidently say that it's already done. Why? When an altar is constructed, it's because God's already done something great. Yeah. Not, you know what I'm saying? You understand that? He's already done it. So when the altar's already there, it's sitting right in front of me. He says, hey, this is an altar. Watch what I'll do. It's not watch what I will do. And many times you'll see in scripture, he says, I have delivered your enemies into your hands. Not I will deliver your enemies. You look at the scriptures, you go through. I have delivered them into your hands. Now go and get into battle. And then they go and they fight. But the battle's already won. That's what that means when we sing that. The battle belongs to him, right? The battle belongs to you, God. It's already won. It's because it's already been done. And so I have a vision 
for Radical Church. And I know I don't talk about this a ton and, you know, because I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for where we're at. I really am. And I love where we're at. I love being in the school. It's amazing. But I do have a vision for Radical Church. I do have a vision that I feel like it's from the Lord to have a place for students, for 6th to 12th graders, to be able to meet on a Wednesday night and have community and, and have a place where they can grow in their faith and, and to have a, a playground for the kids to hang out on, host community outreach events and, and work with people like Christina from Buda's Bright Side and host events for, uh, for the, the people in our community with disabilities. Man, I want to be able to host events for you guys and with you guys. And there's people out here that I believe that we could work with to do amazing things for the kingdom of God, to help feed the hungry, to help the homeless. I mean, to be a blessing, it's use that property as a place of, of healing and of hope and of refuge for our community. I have that vision. I believe that that's the vision that God has given me. Okay. It's not just a place where we can go on Sunday mornings and get our uhas and then, you know, worship a little bit and then go home. That's not what church is about. And let it never be said, and let us never have a building and not use it for the glory of God and let it sit idle for six days of the week while we come in one week to worship. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just, you know, I'm passionate about this, right? And I hope you are too. We're intentionally generous and we're community focused. Those are two of our core values as well. And radical faith plays into all of that. So I believe God has given me a vision. I'm not telling you this to ask for your money, okay? If you know I'm not one of those people that just like preaches about money all the time, I don't. I really don't. I say the same thing every single week and I'm gonna get it in all of our brains. We give because he gave, and I say that, and I talk about money for about 30 seconds every single Sunday, and God has blessed us immeasurably. Yeah. And I feel like so many times, you people talk about money, you talk about it for 10, 15 minutes every single Sunday, and it feels like they're just trying to pull it, like, God's going to bless you, and if you don't, then you're cursed. You don't give 10%. Listen, I'm not doing any of that. And God's blessed us. Why? Because I want to get it in our heads. The reason why we give is because of what Jesus did for us. Yeah not out of obligation, not out of anything else other than we are cheerful to give back to God because he has blessed us so much and everything we have comes from him. So I'm not asking for your money. What am I asking for right now? I'm asking for your faith. I'm asking for your faith to be built. Just the same way that my faith was built when God gave me the word radical. The same way that my faith was built when I was 19 years old and he woke me up at four in the morning to go pray for some dude at Whataburger with a cast on. And I was like, no. And then I go to Whataburger and the guy's there and I pray for him. Stupid, just ridiculous. Why would I get up and go? Because I had faith. If you, if you have small faith, you stay in bed and go back to sleep, right? If you have big faith, you get up and go. So I'm just asking for your faith to be built. I'm not saying that we're getting this property. I'm not saying any of that. It would require a miracle, okay? But what I'm saying is just... Have some faith with me for the big things. Can we have radical faith together in this place? Can we do that together? Okay. All right. That's all I want to say about that. So we give because he gave. And if you want to do it, you could do it at the back or online. Got it? That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Man, God has big things in store for you and your family and for our church. You believe it? I do because I do. For your kids. Come on, man. Come on. God is good. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for our time together. Would you bless it, bless it, bless it. Help us to have a radical, radical faith. Faith that would rise up in this place, God. Give us a greater measure of faith that we've never had before to see amazing things happen in your name, God. Yeah. To be a blessing in our community. 
to bring salvation and hope and healing to people that need it, God. Addictions broken, marriages restored in the name of Jesus. We declare these things, Father, and whatever plans that you have for us, whatever that looks like in the future, God, I just ask, would you do it? Lord, you've already done it. And so we praise you, God, that the altar's already there. No matter what happens with this, God, I praise you that you have spoken to me so clearly, saying, watch what I will do. Watch what I'll do. God, I feel like that's the tenacity that we have as a church is just saying, watch what God does here on a Sunday morning. Watch what God does in my life. Watch what God does here in a little bit when we baptize a lot of people. Watch what he will do. And so God, help me to communicate this word as best I can in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, I have a very short message. I went a little bit long on that. I promised you 20 minutes, but all right. We're talking today about baptism, all right, baptism. And the reason is because I've had a lot of people uh, ask me different things about baptism, okay? I know a lot of you actually grew up Catholic. Many of you in this room would identify as Catholic, okay? And so there's a very different understanding of baptism than, than in the Christian faith. It's a little bit different. There's a few things that we differ on there. And so I'm going to talk about a few of those differences and what we believe as a church. And, uh, and so um, what we're going to do is go outside in about 15 to 20 minutes, okay? Uh, and we're gonna baptize as many people as we can that have professed faith in Jesus. We're gonna baptize some people that are going buried with Christ and raised to life, amen? That's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna celebrate. It's gonna be fun. We're going to do it all together. And I, what I would love is for everybody to stick around. I'd love for everybody to stay and be a part of this celebration because this is a big, big deal, right? This is a huge step in your faith. And so uh, if you're already baptized, that's great. You could be the annoying mom and dad in the stands cheering on your kids saying, go Johnny, you know? You and God can do that together because he's a father, right? And he's cheering on his kids. And so I want to partner together with the father. You and Jesus can sit up in the stands and be like, let's do this. Go, come on. Yes, we're going to cheer. We're going to celebrate. We're going to do this thing together. So please stick around if you can. Uh, The kids are going to stay over here. I think the elementary kids, we're going to let them kind of come out. And, and watch and be a part of it because we want them to see that, right? We want them to see that because they can even, they're at the age where they're starting to understand this stuff. And so we want them to be able to see that. Um, but please stick around. So um, I want everybody to have a proper understanding of baptism before we do it. And I have had a lot of questions. And so some people say, if you don't baptize your kid, you know, and they're two years old, they pass away, they're not going to heaven or they're going to purgatory or whatever it might be. Okay. And listen, we can talk about that, but there's nowhere in scripture. Okay. That's the first thing is it's just not there. Uh, you look for it, you can read it into it and you can kind of like, I can see how people might get that. But if you really do a good study, of it, it's just not there. And so uh, God wants us to have a good understanding of what you're doing when you're getting baptized. Anytime somebody's baptized, it's always after a confession of faith. Always, every single time. It's after they have confessed that they believe in Jesus, after a confession of faith. And so that's why we we usually will wait until I actually just talked to a a kid this morning who's about uh, 12 years old, he said, and he said, I believe in Jesus. I know what he did for me. He died on the cross for my sins. And I was like, great, let's get you baptized, my friend. I was 10 years old when I got baptized. I was seven when I got saved. And I was able to communicate to my pastor. I know what Jesus did for me. I believe in him and I believe in what he's done uh, in, in my family and my life and all this stuff. And so I was able to be baptized and Um, so I have three points for you today that I want to tell you about. And the first one is, is baptism is, and that's the title of the sermon today. If you're taking notes, it's baptism is an action that speaks louder than words. It is an action that speaks louder than words. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and what? Make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded with you, and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. This is called the Great Commission, right? But Jesus, this is the last thing that he says to his disciples. He had already been raised from the dead. So last week we celebrated, what, Easter, Resurrection Sunday. So he raised from the dead. He's walking around, hanging out, talking, teaching, hanging out. He's like, I'm about to go back to the Father. And this is the last thing that he says right before he leaves. Now, he says, go and make disciples, baptizing them. Now, he could have put in any number of things there, right? Uh, this is the last thing he said. He could have said anything. He could have said, go and make disciples, and build big church buildings and have lots of events, right? That's what he could have said. He said, go and have VBS. He could have said, go and do any other thing. He said, go and, and, and make sure that everybody has a WWJD bracelet in the 90s, okay? You got to make sure once you get to the 1990s, it's very imperative to have a what would Jesus do bracelet. That's how they're going to get saved. In his final message, the last thing that Jesus tells people to do is to go and baptize people. He thought it was so important that that was the last thing that he had to say. So uh, how many of you guys know that when you're at the house and let's say, you know, you're hustling around, getting ready to get the kids to school, whatever it might be, and your wife goes out the door, she's, she goes out the door and then she stops and she comes back in and she says, uh, hey, baby, don't forget and anything that she says after that is the most important thing that you better remember, okay? The thing that she says there, if you forget that one thing, you're going to be in trouble, okay? So she walks out the door, and she comes, and she says, hey, babe, uh, don't forget, you're supposed to call your mother, okay? Bye, love you, okay? And she walks away, and it's like, if you don't call your mama, you know, she's going to come back and be like, did you call your mother and talk about the plans for next weekend? It's like, no, oh, my gosh. Like, I told you. I said, don't forget. As the last thing she said, when she, hey, babe, make sure you change his diaper. Take him, take him. Stop what? Stop playing video games. Take it. Okay, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about, guys. It's a, the most important thing is right when she walks out the door, okay? And this is what Jesus was saying. It was so important that as he was about to go back to the Father, he's on the way out. The door is basically open. He says, hey, don't forget, this is what I've taught you for the last three years. I've been with you guys, walking with you, teaching. You've seen amazing things. And it all boils down to this. Hey, you guys are ready. Get out there. Go make disciples, go baptize people and teach them everything that I taught you. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did. So it's very, very important that, that we obey what Jesus told us to do. He said in another passage, if you love me, obey my commands. And this is a straight up command of Jesus. If you love me, obey my commands. And the issue that I see here is that talk is what? Cheap. Talk is cheap. And actions speak louder than words. You might say, I love my kids. Oh, I love my kids so much. But you never show up to their games. You don't take them on play dates. You don't spend time with them. You don't really talk to them. So like, do you really though, right? And you can, in any other area of your life, you can figure that out. It's like, you say certain things, but do you actually act on those things? Jesus calls us to a higher level of relationship with him than cheap talk. This relationship that we have with God requires an action. And baptism is that public declaration, is that public action that Jesus has used in, in our relationship with him that he commands all believers to participate in. So what is baptism, okay? Well, number two, it is a public declaration of a new association. Number one, it's an action that speaks louder than words. Number two, it's a public declaration of a new association. So 
when you get married to somebody, uh, generally you're not just having like, you know, just you and this other person, you at least have to have a judge, you have to have uh, an officiant or somebody, a witness, right? But usually what happens in a, in a wedding is you get all your closest friends and family together, you get together and you say, you know what, I'm going to be unified with this other person. I am joining together with this other person. I want to be in unity with them. And so you give each other a ring and it's not meant to be kept between to people. There is an action that takes place in order to be unified with this other person. And so what you do with this ring, right, and with the you know, documents you sign and seal, is you're putting a seal on it. You're putting a sign on it. And like the great theologian Beyonce would say, uh, you're putting a ring on it. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Somebody put a ring on it. Hey, like it, then you said it. Okay. I'm a millennial, okay? Some of y'all a bit older, you're like, I don't know what he's talking about, all right? Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I. This is John the Baptist talking. I whose sandals am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who is John the Baptist? Jesus' cousin, all right? He's going around before Jesus ever started his ministry, before he was ever preaching, teaching, anything like that. John the Baptist is going around baptizing people, and he had a very simple message. It was repent, turn to God, be baptized for your sins. Repent, turn to God, be baptized for repentance of your sins. How many of y'all would love if I just preached the same message every single Sunday that you came in here? You got to repent, turn to God, be baptized for repentance of sins. That is the only thing that John the Baptist ever said. He said it over and over and over again, just like a broken record. He said it over and over again. And so he was doing this, but this, this thing, baptism, was not like a normal thing for them. It was actually a secular word. It was not like necessarily a, a Jewish word or a Christian word or anything, quote unquote. It became that later. But really all it meant is, is basically being submerged. It was almost like taking a bath, okay? A baptizo, baptism. It's like going under, taking a bath. So these people are standing. Let's just imagine John the Baptist is here dunking people under. There's people over in the other side of, of the river or the lake. They're just like taking a bath. Like, what's going on over there? Like, what are they doing? Like, what, you baptizing for sins? Like, I'm just trying to take a bath over here. Y'all leave me alone, you know? It was, a, it was a normal word, so they would have understood that word at the time. But, but, but he puts a different meaning and a different spin on that word. And what I want to encourage you with is, is people might not understand Right? There's going to be people in the world that will persecute you for your belief in Jesus. Right, They're going to make fun of you for it. And there's people that are going to be standing over there just like, what are you guys doing? That's different. That's weird. But will you be willing to say you believe in Jesus, but not just that, go the next step and take the action and humble yourself enough and be willing to get into the water? Will you be willing to have a silly picture of you made that we will get of you because our camera is real good. It's like, cock, 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 cock. it'll get every little picture, all right? You coming out of the water, you're just like, ah, praise Jesus. The water's all your snot coming down your face, you know? And we'll post it too, I promise. <laughs> you say, you send in a complaint card. Can I please get that picture taken down to me on Facebook, all right? <laughs> no, why? Because it's a great thing. It's a celebration. Nobody cares what they look like when they're in love, right? At that marriage ceremony, when you're going at the end, you go to the end and you have the reception. Everybody's dancing, having a great time, right? Looking absolutely ridiculous. Why? Because they don't care what they look like because they're in love and they're unified with their beloved. They have the ring. They have the seal. They have the stamp that says, I am with this person. I'm unified with them. Jesus got in the water himself. Matthew 3, 13 through 17, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. 
But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And alighting on him, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. That's good. John says, I can't baptize you. You're supposed to be baptizing me. John knows who Jesus is. He knows he's the Messiah. He knows he's the one that he's been pointing towards and leading people towards, right? Uh, But Jesus got in the water. But he didn't have to. He didn't have to necessarily. Why? Baptism is for repentance of sins. It's it's this idea of of being buried and and then coming out and being born again, having a new life. But Jesus had never sinned before. So why does he go into the water himself? Either Jesus is an example for you and for me, or he is not, right? Jesus wanted to set the example for us of what it looks like, and he was foreshadowing his burial and resurrection. And so now when you and me see what Jesus did for us, even the perfect man that never did anything wrong, sacrifices himself, dies and is buried, and then raises himself back to life. Now he is the example for you and for me to follow in baptism. Baptism is is an identification shift. That's the third one. If you want to write this down. It's an identification shift. We find our identity in all sorts of ways, right? You can find it on your driver's license so people know who you are. I know some of y'all have some really funny looking driver's license photos, okay? Like they never turn out good. Never, never turn out good. Actually, Stephen, he showed me his the other day. I think he's literally 16 years old and he's 30 now. I was like, isn't that illegal? I thought you had to change that. He's like, I don't know. I just keep renewing it and they never said anything. So, all right, cool. (laughs) Like, wouldn't you want that to be changed? You just look funny anyway. But you, your water bill shows where you live, right? And you maybe have a hobby, you know, group that you're with or alumni associations or uh, maybe you're fans of a sports team and you identify with those people and you have those things in common with them, right? Baptism is a way for you to identify with Jesus, but it's, it's a way for him to identify with us as well. We can have this in common with Jesus. Isn't that amazing that we can have something in common with the Savior of the world, with God himself? We have things in common. You know that you're made in God's image? That's what the Bible says. We can have things in common with him. And so it's a way for us to identify with Christ, that that as we are buried with Christ, you'll hear me say this when I baptize, whoever wants to be baptized today, I'll always say this, you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you believe you die for your sins, yes, awesome. Now, when I put you under, I'll say, you're buried with Christ and raised to life. And that's the way that we identify with Jesus. We're, we're burying that old way of life. We're burying that sin. It is no more. We're being washed by the water. And then we come back out and we are a new creation. You are a new person. The Bible says that the old has gone and the new has come. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Your old way of life is gone and we're moving toward Jesus into the new life of hope, love, and peace and joy that he has for you. Is somebody grateful for that life that you have in Jesus today? Come on. Now, baptism, that's what it is. It's you identifying with Christ. It does not save you. It is a very, very important distinction I want to make because there are some people and some, some uh, religions and denominations that would say that it is absolutely necessary. I'm going to really quickly hit this. It's Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be, what, saved. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, 
This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. Not by works. There is no work that you can do to be saved. There's no good thing that you can do to have a relationship with Jesus. All it takes is for you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's all you have to do in order to be saved. What is baptism? It's an important next step in your faith that Jesus commands us to do. And he says, if you love me, obey my command. So it is very important. So much so that it was the last thing that Jesus said for his disciples to do before he left. Go, tell them about Jesus. Tell them about me, what I've done for the world. And baptize them. That's the next step. After you get saved, get baptized, man. We're going to identify with Christ in that together. And then after you've done that, disciple them and help them become more like me. What does baptism bring? It, bring, it brings renewal. It brings new life. It brings blessing. So what I want to ask you today, were you baptized as a baby? I, I really do believe that you should be baptized again as an adult. Now that you know, it's, it's a confession of faith. You say, hey, I've made a confession of faith. And this place today, you believe in Jesus, right? I would say get baptized again because you're making that conscious choice to follow Jesus. And that's what we see all throughout scripture is people, when they say yes to Jesus, they get baptized. That's the first thing that they do. So maybe you were baptized and you walked away from God at one point in your life. I know a lot of people that were like that. Even, even I, under, I understand that, okay? And so they're like, I was baptized when I was 10, 11, but then I like really didn't serve God for years and years. And I was like going crazy and didn't even go to church, nothing. And should I get baptized again? Listen, leave that up to you and God. That's up to you and God. To me, I would say for some of you, if God puts it on your heart and you feel like that's an important thing for you to do, to rededicate your life to Jesus and say, you know what, I'm going to get right with God in this place today. I'm going to get baptized again uh, just so I can really, hey, get myself going in the right direction with God. And I'm identifying with Christ now as an adult, really giving my life back to him. Hey, go for it. If you don't feel like you need that and you feel like you're good and you and God are good, hey, that's totally fine. I understand that. But have you never been baptized? This is the, these are the people I'm going after today, all right? You say you believe in Jesus and you've never been baptized? What? What are you waiting for? Today's the day. Today's the day. We're going to help you do it today, right now. You know, I wanted to make it so easy for you that I had a ton of t-shirts printed in all kinds of different sizes, okay, because I didn't know who wanted to get baptized. We got shorts for you. We got towels for you. We have everything that you could, we got super cold water outside for you to get in. It's going to be great. <laughs> Hey, it's better than the Jordan River, y'all. I bet that was real cold, okay? <laughs> Woo! We have every opportunity. We ha I wanted to make it as easy as possible for somebody to take their next step in their faith. We should never make it difficult for somebody to take a step of faith. The same way that I wanted to baptize these, or uh, to dedicate these kiddos today. Because I didn't want to make it difficult. You know, you got to be here on the 25th. No. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Let's dedicate these kiddos. I want to make it easy for everybody. And I've had a few people say this to me too, and it's very, very, very important. And I want to talk to those people here today, and I believe that there's probably some more. They say, you know what? Well, I'm not sure about my, I'm not like ready to do that because I'm not cleaned up yet. Ah, no, there is no shame and condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is none. Like I still got some stuff I'm dealing with. Do you believe in Jesus? Has he saved you from your sins? You still struggling with some stuff? Me too. Yeah. Everyone else in this room is still struggling with some stuff. You're going to let that stop you from taking your next step in your faith? What if, what if that's the step that God is asking you to take? What if that's the radical faith that you need? That's, that's your big next step in your life. 
is to get baptized. And maybe you're saying, well, I'm not clean enough. I'm not good enough. Man, God calls you holy. He calls you set apart. He's taken that sin and thrown it absolutely away. And he sees you as a beautiful new creation. And so let's today make the decision to have some boldness and identify with Jesus in baptism and being raised to life. Let's make that decision today. Everybody, please stand in the place today. Stand in the house of God. I want to give everyone an opportunity to be baptized today. I know there's a few people that I believe are already, uh, they're already signed up to be baptized. And I want to make sure everybody sticks around. If you can, please be a part of this. It's fun. It's not going to take that long, but, but it'll be really, really fun. I guarantee it. So um, if you want to be baptized, you give your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity. But first I want to ask, is there anybody in this place today that wants to give their heart back to Jesus wants to get right with God in this place today. You believe that he died for your sins. Jesus came down for God so loved the world. He gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You believe that it's by grace and through faith in Jesus that you can be saved in this place today. You want to give your life to Jesus. I just want to give you the opportunity. Is there anybody today on the count of three that wants to give their life to Jesus? Amen. Hey, give it up. Hey, put your hand in the air if that's you. Put your hand in the air if that's you. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. If you want to be baptized today, will you raise your hand? Do you want to be baptized today? One, two, three. Do you want to get baptized? Come on. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. Hey, I see you guys. Anybody else? Does anybody else want to be baptized today in this place? Come on. Hey, if that's you, if you say, I want to be baptized today, what I want you to do right now is get out of your seat and go to the back. Okay. You see Melanie and Richard, they're waving right there. Go to them right now. If you want to get baptized Head out there right, right now. And we're going to close out this service. We're going to get you dressed. We're going to get you ready. And then we'll meet you out there in just a couple of seconds. That's awesome. That's so cool. Hey, give it up. Hey, Jesus is doing amazing things in your life. I believe it. God bless him. God bless him. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. We're baptizing some people today. If you're a leader in this place too, hey, if you're a leader standing in the back and you're nervous about being baptized because you're a leader, do not be nervous. Do not let your position affect the position that God wants you to take today, okay? If you are anywhere in the back, if any of y'all or the kids team, y'all tell them too, if you want to be baptized, you take that step. You don't worry about what people think. I don't care if you're, I mean, Tim, you want to get baptized? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it does not matter to me. Don't let your position stop you from taking a step of faith in your walk with Jesus, okay? So any of y'all wants to get baptized. And if you want to get baptized, you're standing out there watching people get baptized. You say, you know what? I'm going to do this. We'll get you a shirt. We'll bring you back in and get you dressed and we'll bring you out there before it's over, okay? I promise. But I want to pray right now for all these people that are getting ready. And then we'll get out there real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you're doing, that you're building our faith today, a radical faith. And we can see mountains moved in the name of Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for baptism. We thank you that you identify with us. We have this in common with you, that we can do this together as an act of a public declaration of this new association that we have with you, Jesus. So we worship you. We lift you up. And it's your name we pray. And everybody said, amen.